Um, and it's the scripture that goes along uh, with this series. And so uh, I invite you to stand if you, if you have the ability. Um, and it's Psalm 16, um, 11 again. And this one, this, we're reading out of the New International Version here. Um, and, and it says this, and, and read with me. Uh, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Wow. Let's just read that just one more time together. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Wow. God, thank you for that. Um, You can be seated. And um, so this morning, uh, I want to tell you, just start by telling you a little bit of uh, a story, um, if you will. And I I just realized that as I was testing the lights this week, have they been flickering at all? I'm kidding. Um, And so, (laughs) I joke. Um, and, but as I was testing the lights, I thought, dude, I can walk all over the place and people can see me, but I think I have to stay in this area because of the camera for online. But, um, but this story goes like this. I got a call, um, from someone this week and what they said, it was one, it was, uh, one of my daughters and, and, uh, they said, dad, dad, there's this guy staring at what should I do? So I said, what? No, I'm just kidding. I heard her. Um, and I said, uh, and so I was like, okay, now she, now mind you, she's at the public library. She's studying, um, you know, and, uh, and so I'm like, okay. And I'm driving at the time. And so, yeah, call the police, call your local police officer who goes to our church. Um, and so I said, okay, well, where are you? And then she told me where she was. And I said, okay, well, then move and go be around more people. Go to the black and brew section of the library and be around more people. And if he follows you in there, then obviously you need to um, get in touch with the people that are there and let them be aware of the situation. Um, And so, but all this time I'm thinking, okay, like we're going to scale this thing, right? We're going to say, is this truly like something where I need to go get involved? Because I'm driving and I'm already like starting to head that way, right? I'm headed actually to the church, but, you know, I take a, I take a, a, a right uh, on Florida Avenue and I'm like, all right, dude, I can be there in no time. And um, I was wearing boots that day, so I was ready. I mean, I was like ready to kick down the door um, and see what's up. But, but the whole point of this is, you know, you think about this, the things that you'll drop for the things, for the people that you love, right? Like, uh, you know, you have an appointment, I don't anymore, all right? And, uh, you know, th- they become this thing that, that it's really, like, so important to you, like, no, like, that's not going to happen, right? And, uh, and, and there's this trust factor here. I believe that the reason that she called me was because she knew I would do something, all right? That there, if necessary, there would be an intervention, all right? And, um, I mean, not that I want to go confront somebody. That, that's not on my top list of things to do, go confront somebody at the library, okay? But you know I will, so don't play. Um, but, like, think about that. Think about that for a moment. Uh, if, we'll, if we'll do that for one another, if we see something that's some one person that we love is in trouble and we'll drop everything, you know, I wonder how much more God does that for us. Like, He saw us in trouble, right? He saw sin uh, invade. And so He sends His Son to make things right. All right, his son whipped up on the devil and said, nah, dog, <laughs> it ain't going down like that, all right? And then he, then he, I mean, think about that for a second. Drops, I mean, everything. Jesus gave his own life 
that we could be made right and have life. And, and so, as we continue on this series, um, Slow Kingdom Coming, it's, you know, it's a slow series coming. I mean, I have never done three introductions to a series before until this series, and we have part three intro today, all right? It's unbelievable. And so, what is going on? I don't know, okay? Uh, And so, we think about this, though. So, we introduce Jesus as humble king in intro one, all right? Intro two, we introduce Jesus um, in referring to Colossians and, and he's supreme over everything. So, we have humble king, but we have supreme over everything. We have the kingdom of God. We have the Holy Spirit who is at work. And, and so, these, this introduction of, and then our, how He gives us, you know, dominion. We, can, we, we were made as human beings to rule and to reign over the earth, right? And, and realizing that the power comes from Him, and not our own, but, but we, we have choices within our own will that we can do. And so, what are we doing? Well, here's what we do. When we submit to Jesus, what we're doing is we're coming under His rule and His reign. We're joining our kingdom that was given to us by Him with His kingdom that is greater than anything that we could imagine, right? And that's when we get this kingdom reality these, these things that we can do that normally we wouldn't be able to do by ourselves, um, emotionally going through things that without the strength of the one who gives us strength, we couldn't handle on our own. And so, we have the Holy Spirit who comes and, and comforts us, the Holy Spirit who comes and empowers us to do things. And we talked about this upside-down reverse economy. When we think of power, um, I'm sure everyone in the room, if I say, hey, power, you know, maybe we all think of something different. There's probably a few in the room that are thinking um, political power, some in the room um, who are thinking uh, something else. I don't even know. And then, uh, you know, some in the room that might be thinking maybe this reverse economy power. Wow, power came in a manger Power died on a cross. This reverse kingdom reality that power doesn't look like it looks in this human realm that we live in. And and so that's where we're at. And so, what could I possibly be introing before we get into the Sermon on the Mount? Today, I want to talk to you about heaven and the reality of heaven, and what it is. And I want to relieve you right from the beginning. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers, right? That's a great intro to a thing, to a a message, isn't it? I don't have all the answers. Well, we came here for all the answers, all right? Well, you came to the wrong place, all right? Here's the reality is this, because we're going to gather, just like it says in Matthew 5, 1 through 2, one day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. And I really hope throughout this series, and throughout really, not just this series, but throughout our walk with Jesus, that we would continue to do just this, that we would gather around his teachings and listen to them, and then not just listen to them and have cognitive knowledge of them, but that it would sink from our head to our heart, and that from there, we would see an internal transformation that then makes the external make differences, right? Is everybody with me on that? So, this internal, this formation that, that Jesus is taking us through, and I want to relieve all of you in the room, including myself, it is a lifelong process. You will never arrive on this side of glory. Never. Wow, that's really encouraging, Andy. Thank you. All right. 
But it's reality because here's what I think we can do. We can beat ourselves up when we mess up. And I think what we need to do is say, Father, recognize my sin. Help me to recognize it. Help me to place it before you. Help me to give it to you, the things that I do that I know I shouldn't do. I lay at your feet in the name of Jesus. Would you help me? to be more like you, in Jesus' name. And when we do that, we recognize that we really can't change outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if we could change, we would worship our own will. And that's called will worship. I'm going to do it. Instead of saying, Holy Spirit, would you come and work in me and do the things that only you can do? And so... That wasn't on the notes. That was a bonus feature. All right. So here we go. Um, We went over that. I want to go over something that's so cool to me, and I don't know anything about it. I know very little about it, I should say, but it's so cool to me, this vastness of the universe that we live in. You ever think about it? No? Okay, cool. Um, But if you've thought about it, vastness of the universe Holy smokes. How many of you guys have read anything from Stephen Hawking? He's an atheist, isn't he? Um, How many of you guys? Talks about, I haven't either. I attempted to, and I was like, yeah, right. Um, Way over my head. I even tried the shorter version of the book, which is the more junior version of the book, and I was still like, what is this guy talking about? All right, I might attempt it again. Um, But we think about the vastness of God, and it really is incomprehensible. Just like it's incomprehensible, I could say to you right now, hey, think about eternity. And you would say, okay, I'll do it. Even if we closed our eyes and thought about it. What, what, do, we, what do we inevitably come to? Well, we come to an end because we are not, what? We're, we're, we're not going to live forever in, in this body, all right? Our, our, our world is made up of A and Z, starts and finishes, right? Everything that we do is. But we think of an eternal world. Wow, that's that's kind of incomprehensible. That's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's because we've never experienced that, all right? And so, this incomparable vastness that God created, and here's what I want to say. God created it. He spoke it into existence. Now, I'm going to give you some figures here that are really cool to me, and you might tune out. You might be like, this guy has gone straight nerd, and that's where I'm going. But now, I want you to join me for a second in Nerdville here, all right? I want you to imagine in your mind the vastness of our galaxy, our galaxy, as if we own it, right? What's our galaxy called? Quiz. The Milky Way. Thank you. See, the guy in the tech booth answered it. Why? Because there's a little bit of nerd there if you're in the tech booth. All right? And, and so, the, which is the best, by the way. It is no shame in being a nerd. All right. Um, it is the Milky Way galaxy. Now, it is approximated that our galaxy is one of 100 to 200 billion galaxies. And this data was delivered, us to the ni- delivered to us in the 1990s from the discoveries of the Hubble telescope. Uh, telescope. All right? Uh, this isn't your standard telescope, by the way. All right? And so um, here we have the Milky Way. And I'm going to give you a number here. It's awesome. The Milky Way galaxy is approximately one quintillion kilometers across. Now, it'll be more obvious, obvious to us who don't use the metric system um, that it is uh, 60 or 621 quadrillion, 338 trillion, 875 billion, 633 million, 19,500 miles across. That's obvious because we can relate to that because it's in miles, okay? And so, um, as soon as you put the word, the number quadrillion, you're like, I'm like, okay, I am done. Okay, that's a lot of zeros. 
When I punched it in the computer, I was like, wow, that's a lot. I'm going to give you an example here. Uh, and, th and this information is from um, um, NASA. Okay? So go with me a bit further into nerddom. Uh, the Voyager spacecraft is traveling away from the sun, away from the sun, at a rate of 17.3 kilometers per second. How fast is that? That is super fast. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, if, you, if the Voyager were to travel to the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way, uh, it would take more than 450 million years to travel it. Now, if it could go at the speed of light, which is impossible due to special relativity, it would still take over 26,000 years. Well, 17.3 kilometers is kind of slow, isn't it? Uh, no, it's actually 38,368 miles per hour. Okay? So my Corolla, just below that on the interstate, is how fast we're going. Okay? Uh, now, that is insane. And I was wrong on the figure. Um, the actual figure at that rate is 1,700,000,000 years to travel the entire length of the Milky Way. That's crazy to think about that. And, and my, my thought immediately is this. My first thought when I'm given these numbers, when I look at the, when I imagine the vastness of our one galaxy out of the 100 to 200 billion others, I thought, my God. Gosh, they really blew it on naming the Milky Way candy bar. I mean, what? That should be some kind of special candy bar. It's the worst. Like, how many Milky Ways are left after you go trick or treating? Uh, all of them? No one, you can't give them away. So I felt like they should have used it. I'm just throwing it out there. Redesign the Milky Way, give it away. We got a fan over there. <laughs> She's booing me. Um, I love them. All right. Well, we know where they're coming next time. All right. And so, uh, but I seriously think about this, the greatness of what it is, this creation that was spoken. It is true. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-bending. These, these numbers that we talk, quadrillion that's crazy to think about, and our brains can't possibly wrap around it. But if you're like me, we can sometimes confine God to out there in one of those galaxies, but not near to me. He's just out there kind of in the ether, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's creating more galaxies, or maybe he's sitting back and doing nothing. Maybe we think like that sometimes. That picture comes to our mind like God is out there. Yet the psalmist says this in Psalm 139, and I'm going to be doing quite a bit of reading today, so I would enjoy it if you'd hang with me. It says this, I'm using the New uh, Revised Standard Version here. In Psalm 139, verses 1, it says this, O Lord, You have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to know. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Oh, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the furthest limits of the sea, even there your, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall come over me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I still, I am still with you. <laughs> the psalmist gives us a poetic idea of what God thinks about us, who He is and how intimate He is, that His thoughts come. They seem maybe from far away at times, but it's so intimate because He knows everything about us. Think about that. I try to count the thoughts. I love that verse 17. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them but they're more than the sand. Guys, have you ever tried to count sand before? Anyone? Okay, good. I was going to ask, what are you doing? All right? It's so much, though. He cares so intimately about us. In Psalm 34, 17 and 18, it says this, and we, we heard this earlier. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So we have this vastness that we can think of, but we also have this nearness that draws us in. See, God is not out in the ether somewhere, not out in the 101st galaxy. He is near to us as well, but He's not confined to our hearts. See, either one of those views is, mix, is, is a mixed-up view. If He's out there, there's no personal relationship that we can have with God then because He's just out there, all right? And that's kind of a deistic view. He kind of like created things, and then He's just letting it kind of go. Then the other view is that He's confined to our hearts. That's also a confused view. Because if He's confined to our hearts, then what happens is we begin to form God in our image instead of us being formed in His. So God is both around us and in us and doing the work around us and doing the work within us, but confined to neither space because He's God. It's all his. Now, think about this. He took what was, I won't say nothing, because He is God, so it's formed out of Him, and He formed the universe. The universe. I mean, that's amazing. All these measurements are held in His hand. It's kind of wild to think about. And so, we don't form God in our image, God is also not aloof somewhere out doing whatever He does. He's actually calling us to a personal relationship with Him. And so, when we think about heaven, the word heaven, um, the space around us, it's all His from the most majestic interstellar scene and the vastness of the universe to the space right next to you, and let's not forget about you and me. 
So too many times, I believe, if you're, if you're like me and in the past, I've thought about this, and even recently I've thought about this, when we think of heaven, what do we think of? I'll give you a couple things. Puffy clouds. Anybody? Golden gates. Yes. Uh, how about chubby angels? So cute, right? How about... Um, Bows and arrows, so weird. Like, where does that, why do those chubby angels have bow and arrow? I don't know. They're very aggressive, apparently. They come across as cute and then, sting, you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you in the room are a little bit more sophisticated and you think of Michelangelo's creation portrait. All right? And that's what heaven might look like in your mind, right? And so, uh, but, but what is heaven? First question. I don't know completely what it is, but I, I can tell you right now, puffy clouds, chubby angels, and bows and arrows, um, it's not it. I hate to disappoint. You're not getting your own cloud, all right? And um, you're not getting your own set of bow and arrow, and... Uh, you don't have to be chubby, all right? And, and so, why are these images created, though? Well, to give us some sense, right? Just like we couldn't imagine eternity, we can't imagine the universe and the vastness of it, how could we imagine something so great and so glorious, yet so near? And, and so, in Revelation 21, it says that actually the very presence of God gives light to all. We don't need fossil fuels anymore because the glory of God gives light to all of eternity. His presence is what lights eternity. Now, can we imagine that? That's crazy. And so, I think when we think about that, that should give us a little bit of pause. Wow. The greatness of God, just His very presence lights all of eternity. Paul, speaking in Acts 17, says this, In Him we live and move and have our being. Paul is expressing this literally. In Him we move we ha- and we, we live, we move, and we have our being. So as we search for God we come to find out this reality that actually we do live and move and have our being because of Him, the source of life. And so when we come to recognize Christ and we talk about being born again and the importance of being born again, you might think, well, that's kind of a church word. It is. No apologies for that. Born again is a reality. Um, But what what does it mean to be born again to submit our lives to Jesus, right? To say, Jesus, you are Lord over my life. And now this is a process. How many of you guys in the room or online, you're thinking, yeah, it's definitely a process. uh, Sometimes I struggle with this whole Jesus is Lord thing because I want to do things my way. How many of you guys are with me on that? Right? And so, and so what do we do? Well, we're submitting to God. In my life, I want to live in you. I want to move in you. And I want you to have your way. I want you to be in me. And so he says, you know, you must be born of the Spirit. Wow. Of water and Spirit, so natural birth, and then there's a rebirth into the reality of Jesus as King. And so, in other words, we get to begin to experience life differently. And some of you in the room who have submitted your life to Christ, you understand that uh, after it was like something changed. You really can't explain it. 
all right? It didn't mean that you had it all together, but something changed. A perspective shift happened where it might have said, instead of Paul saying, in him we live and move and have our being, before you might have been saying, in myself is where I find life and I move uh, and I find my being is in me. But the, the, the focus shifts from me to him in that recognizing that actually outside of God, I don't have anything. And, and so, for, and for more on that, I encourage you, read John 3. John 3, the interaction um, with Nicodemus there. And, and I want to thank um, a person that's passed away for this is uh, Dallas Willard for this understanding. And then even a person that's alive now, this, this reality of heaven uh, N.T. Wright, and I encourage you guys to read their stuff. Um, but, but heaven is, what does that mean? Well, heaven is here, and heaven's not here. There's this reality of the now and not yet. There's this tension. So, can we experience heaven now? It's the next question. I believe that we can. It says this in Romans 8, 6 through 11, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who was raised, or he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Now think about that for a second. From death to life, in Christ, we, we live, we move, we have our being. Now, what, what does that mean, though? Well, I can actually be transformed into Christ's likeness as I submit to Him. Now, hold on, but hold on a second. What do you mean by that? Well, I begin to see heaven invading earth. How do I see that? Sometimes I see it in my own actions or lack thereof action. I see it in my restraint, maybe. I see the Holy Spirit empowering me to not do what I would typically do. Or maybe the opposite. I see the Holy Spirit empowering me to do the thing that He's calling me to do. And so, heaven on earth, it's invading, it's happening. We've seen it in Abraham, Hagar, to Jacob, to Moses. Where does God speak? He speaks out of heaven. Where is that? Okay? Biblically, the first heaven, God can speak. Where do you think God speaks from? Out at the other side of um, the Milky Way? And then all of a sudden, we get this reverberating and thought in our mind. God is near to us. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. And so, and then what do we see? Well, in the New, well, that was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we see the fullness of God in flesh in Jesus. Is, is, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He speaks, and people are set free. He acts, and thousands are fed from very little. He dies, and there's forgiveness of sin. He defeats death and raises from the dead, and there's new life. He promises the Holy Spirit, and now we are continually guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So I want to I want us to get rid of this idea of man I can't wait to go to heaven. I can't wait to get my bow and arrow. What if we what if we 
Now, the important thing is that, that we're embracing this idea. And when I say embracing the idea that those stories of Abraham and Jacob and Moses and Hagar, that they aren't just stories, that they, they actually really took place. Dallas Willard talks about we, we get so jaded by Hollywood now and the special effects that we can't imagine that these things actually took place. That, that God actually showed up, that, that in, uh, in, in, on the mountainside that He took the loaves and He took the fish and He fed four and 5,000 people. So the first step is this. We, we have to say, okay, God, I know You can do whatever You want. I know You can. And I have faith in that. I've actually seen it in my own life. Maybe some of you have. Maybe some of you haven't seen 4,000, 5,000 fed. I haven't seen that. I've seen my family provided for over and over again. I've seen interactions that could have gone really bad go really well over and over again. I've seen transformation in people's hearts over and over again. People change from what they were to what they're becoming in Jesus over and over again. So what is that? Well, dude, that's heaven invading earth. Wow. Every time that the Holy Spirit comes and moves and transforms you and you say yes, that is heaven invading earth. When you talk to somebody and you pray with them, and, you, you know, maybe you see tears, maybe you don't, but they text you later and they say, thank you for taking that time and doing that. Thank you. And let me tell you something. There's no badge for us that says, oh, well, you know, the Holy Spirit worked. It's here. The Holy Spirit is just using you and I as instruments to say, hey, we just want to invite you into the kingdom of God. And Jesus wants your heart. He wants all of you. And the Holy Spirit, may He empower you to do the things that He's calling you to do. And so, when we think about this, man, God's inviting us. There's this breakthrough of heaven that's happening now, and yet there's this tension of things that we see that go wrong that we don't expect. How many of you in the room, things have gone bad sometimes? Wow, how many of you can relate to that song, In This World There Will Be Troubles? Hi, me, okay? And we can all relate, right? Why? Because we're all human beings. We're all in this earth right now, in this space. We're all going to experience death. And that's hard for us. And we don't have to pretend like that's hard. But the reality is that there's life after death. But, but we that are in Christ, we're experiencing eternality right now. Why don't we take this time that we have, and we don't know how much time we'll have. We really don't. Why don't we take it and say, you know what, I'm just going to live for Jesus. Jesus, transform me so that I can be Jesus to the people around me, that every interaction, God, please have it your way, that every interaction that I have is an interaction that's going to leave somebody that says, what is going on in that person's life that is different? God, would you open up the opportunities that we can share with them? Would you give us moments where we can just take a moment and say, you know, hey, can I pray with you about that? Had a guy deliver, um, oh, it's gross. I had a guy, well, he delivered pee pads, okay, for men's urinals. Sorry, this is part of the story. It's just reality, all right, um, unused. And so he, he was delivering those, and I said, hey, man, how are you? He said, good. And I was like, hey, what's your name? And he was here at the office. And he goes, yeah, you know, and he said, good. Well, okay, I mean, my, my back's kind of hurting. I didn't really have to have this moment, like, Oh, okay. Thus saith the Lord. It was this. Dude, can I pray with you about your back? Oh, you know, some people think that you're just going to put them on a list. All right? And so, you know, I just, how about, can we do it right now? Is that cool? You know, just ask. You're not going to forcefully be like, hey, you know what? I'm praying for you right now. 
Roy. Okay. And uh, no, it's just like, hey, can I pray with you about that? God, would you would you strengthen uh, Roy's back? Now, would you come and just do the work that only you can do? Uh, in Jesus' name. Great, man. Hey, have a great day, bro. I really, I really hope that you do. You know, it's that. It's taking time to care for someone. You know, and recognizing, seeing that someone's in need and saying, you know what? I don't know exactly what you're feeling. I don't know what you're going through right now. But, but I want to walk with you, even if it's for this moment, I want to walk with you through, through this moment right now, in this space that we have, I want to pray with you. The other day, uh, somebody, a friend stopped over. They just had the cute, they have the cutest little baby boy, right? All right. And uh, now I taught this, I taught this uh, girl way back in the day. Now she's a mom. And you knew she was one of those girls that you knew in high school, like she was going to be an all-star mom. Like you knew that because she babysat and she did all this stuff. And she was actually like good babysitter, not like chewing gum, like, okay, like, you know, but like actually paid attention to the kids, cared about. And, um, you know, her and her husband, they're making a decision, uh, you know, what to do with work. Do we stay home? You know, and it's that that mom pull to like, I don't really want to go back to work, right? I have this baby who I love, and so she's they're they're pondering how's this gonna work, you know? And and since Jen and I recently we haven't had a baby and we're not, okay? Uh, <laughs> please, Lord, um, but we're not having another one. And but we we recently had to go through this decision ourselves. So I thought, hey, I can pray with you about this. And so what we did, we just said, hey, can we pray with you right now? She said, of course. And, um, and, and we're just continuing to pray that, that God continues to move in that situation, you know, and, and to give them wisdom. And so, so what does that do? Well, you know, did, did heaven invade earth there? I believe that it did. I really do. Was she like dancing around and had this revelation suddenly and, and you know, this is what we're doing, man. Thanks. No, but, but there was a sweetness of the Spirit that moved into the room. And where there was tension became non-tension. The peace of the Holy Spirit rested. And so, heaven is breaking through. So, what does the future hold? What does it look like? Well, Paul says it so beautifully um, in, in Romans 8 that, that I need to say it to you. And, and he said it like this, um, starting in verse 18, he said, I consider that the sufferings, what would we just talk about, the sufferings, the pain that we might go through, of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. Think about that verse right there. All these sufferings that we'll go through, they're not worth comparing to the glory. In other words, they're not worth taking the time. Now, do we have to process through things as we go through life? Yes. To avoid things is not good, right? But what he's saying, in light of eternity, they're not even worth comparing. He says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage and decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For those who, whose hopes 
uh, excuse me, for who hopes for what is seen. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Thank God. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought to, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that we might be the firstborn within the large family. And those whom he predestined, he has called. And those who he called, he has also justified. And those whom he has justified, he has also glorified. Well, who's called? Who's predestined? That's a whole theological debate. I believe this. God doesn't want to see anybody perish but all to have everlasting life. So here's what I want to do today. And this isn't a cliche thing, but in the vineyard we have a saying that is more than a saying, it's a prayer. And this, it says this, it's real simple, come Holy Spirit. And what I want to do is position our hearts today to receive, because I believe this, that the church is in, the church is in a position of waking up. Waking up and realizing that, wow, it is actually the lordship of Jesus that I need to be relying on. Um, it is it is God the Father, it is Jesus the Holy Spirit, who I am called to love and out of that love relationship, then I can love people well. I mean, when I say people, I'm talking the whole spectrum. I'm not talking about people that are, you know, people that are my friends. I'm talking about people that are my enemies. I can love them well because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so what I would love for us to do this morning, as you're sitting is fine, I would love for you just to close your eyes for a second, if you do that. And I'm just going to pray. And, and here's what I, I, I don't know, okay? I've, I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to move, um, but we're not going to orchestrate anything. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit move. So we're going to take one minute, and we're just going to be quiet, okay? So let's do that. Over the next few minutes, what we're going to do is there's going to be some people here up front um, that will pray with you. Again, you might think, well, I've gone, I went up last week. I went up the week before that. Hey, I encourage you this. Keep coming. God is dealing with you. Um, and it, it, I need, well, you know, I need prayer about it's a minor thing. What, what's minor? If God who knitted us together and knows the most intimate parts of us, what is minor to Him? So I would say this, don't let your, don't let your mind judge what's minor. 
Let God heal you. But I, I, as we're resting here, I just want to say in this space is, Holy Spirit, would you come empower us to love our enemies, to love our neighbors. Holy Spirit, would you come and allow us to see people as image bearers of God? Your peace that passes all understanding, I pray that it would rest on each person here, each person that's listening. For those who lack wisdom, I pray that you would give it in abundance as they seek after you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that Right now, you are building your church. And that the gates of hell will not prevail. But you are in control. Wow. Thank you, God. So as, as we leave here today, Holy Spirit, would you empower us to do the things that you're calling us to do. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to do the deep work of transformation. And we just bless your name, Jesus. The name that's above all other names. God, even this week, would we, would we recognize your kingdom coming, your will that you're doing on earth as it is in heaven? And would we join with you? In Jesus' name.